0: We're read from Revelation chapter two, verse one through seven. These are the letters to the churches, um, and today I'm going to speak about the letter to the Church of Ephesus. Before I read, I would like to say that one thing that really that happened to me is about two months ago, a couple of months ago, or something. Going through the book of Revelation, when we got to this, when I got to reading this, um, I felt the Lord strongly speaking to me and pointing me back to Broadway. Um, I called Ryan and I said to him, hey, this is what I strongly feel the Lord is saying to me. And so we set over on it. Um, and the opportunity came to preach on this and Ryan is like, remember the word that you had for glory that you never got to share? There we are today, so we're going to share that together. He re- it reads this way. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, there's things, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands, I know your works, I know your labor, your patience, and you cannot bear with those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. And you have preserved, preserved sorry, you have persevered with patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you: that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But you have this, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I'll give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I'm just going to comment on verses, on a few verses, and share what the Lord said to me that day and is still saying to me today about this. And we're going to spend some time in worship together. First thing is the church itself of Ephesus. The church, the the city that we're talking about here of Ephesus is a very famous city. It was well known. It was the center of culture. It was the center of economics in that time. It was the center of all those things. There were things that were happening, and in the center of all this, the the temple of Diana, of fertility, the god of the goddess of fertility, was in that uh, city. So it was well known. It was I mean everybody came there um, to to most probably pray to get pregnant or to be fruitful or or stuff like that, and as well, the temple of Artemis was there too, which is the treasury. That's where most of the rich people, most of the banks around, would keep their money there because they believe that God um, preserves wealth and preserves that. So it was prote- under the protection of this God. So there was all these things that was happening. Things were happening in Ephesus, but also Ephesus was a stronghold of the devil. And it was a stronghold of the devil because all sorcery and all those things were found in Ephesus. With multiple gods, with multiple temples, with multiple things, it was one of those places where there was no morality. That was Ephesus. But then the church of Ephesus was famous too. The church of Jesus Christ that was in Ephesus was famous too. In that number one, Paul ministered in Ephesus. Imagine if Paul came to minister here at Broadway. Paul ministered in Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila that we hear about in Ephesus. Timothy ministered in Ephesus. And even according to history, John himself, the writer of the book, ministered in Ephesus. That's a liturgy of all these amazing speakers. That's a liturgy of all these amazing apostles. were pastors at a time, at a specific time or at a moment for Ephesus. So Ephesus was a place of great privilege. This Ephesus church was a place of great privilege, of great preaching of the word of God. It was rich. It was a rich church in those kind of ways. Everything looked good for Ephesus. It looked good. And then he goes on and says, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Who walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands. He holds the seven stars. The church is not held by its pastor. Let me repeat again. Broadway is not held by Ryan. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. He holds the church. We can, be, we can be servants in the church. We can be leaders that are servants in the church. Luke, Ryan, and myself, and, and Pastor Rob, Pastor Allen, we can be, we can be called pastors and, and hold this, hold, sort of hold the light for the king who holds the church. The church does not belong to us. It belongs to him. The Bible tells us that he who holds them, It's a word that speaks, it's a powerful word that speaks of having, being the master of. It's a word that speaks of having possession. Not only just having possession, but retaining that possession. So Jesus holds the church. It belongs to Jesus. It does not belong to me, to the elders, to Ryan, to whosoever. It belongs to Jesus. This body here at Broadway belongs to Jesus. He holds it. He holds it securely. The people that are in here, you and me, he holds us. He owns us. He is a king. And then he goes on and he says, I know your works. I know your lab, labor. I know your patience. That you cannot bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them to be liars you have persevered and had patience and have labored for my name's sake and not become weary he says i know your works he knows us individually he knows us as a church and in this sense here he says he looks at the church and he says i know your condition broadway Today, Jesus says, I know your condition. There's a song we sing back home, and it's in Zulu, and I don't know how to put it in English, but uh, it just welled up as I read this. The song goes, (laughs) The song goes, the song simply says you cannot hide from him because he knows it. We can hide. The church in Ephesus had hidden things. They looked good on the outside. But they had things that they had hidden, but they could not hide it from him. Ray, we might look good on the outside. But if there is something that needs to be dealt with and needs to be worked on, he knows it. Sims, you might look good on the outside and have everybody say, oh, awesome, he's an awesome guy. He's a great youth leader. He's a great church pastor. He's great in this. But if there is something inside, he knows it. I can't hide it. I can hide it from you. But I can't hide it from him. And I want to challenge us today that as we listen to the word today, let us ask ourselves, what is it that I'm trying to hide from him? because whatever we are trying to hide from him it fails because he knows it's not hidden to jesus it's laid bare to him our hearts are laid bare to him he thinks i know your works broadway has great works we do great we get together we love the lord we serve together we've got in as much we've got all these ministries great. He knows our works. He knows our labor. He knows our patience. Jesus knows what the church has done right. Jesus knows what you and me have done right. He doesn't just look at the wrong, but he knows the good as well. He's not there just to point a finger and say, you're wrong there, you're wrong there, but he's also to encourage you that, good job, you're doing a good job there. And he says to this church, I know The good works. I know your steadfast endurance. That's what he says to them. This church was a solid rock church. From the outside, it looked like a solid rock church. Everything was going well, they were steadfast. We have been steadfast. And then he goes on, after giving them this, he goes on and says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first life. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That's sobering. That word, nevertheless, I have this against you, is sobering. Despite all the rights that you have done, nevertheless, I have this against you. Jesus takes into account, full account, what the church is doing. And despite all that, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. And then he says to them, You have left your first love. He did not say you have lost it, you have left your first love. There's a distinction between leaving something and losing something, something can be lost by accident something is left deliberately. When we lose something, we don't know where to find it. But when we leave something, we know where to find it. We might look great on the outside Broadway. We have left something. That's what the Lord said to me. We have left something. We have left our first love. We have been busy doing, running, rushing, doing the works, doing all these great things, but we have left the first love. I, 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 want, I want us to think about this. Corinthians tells us that any works that we do without love, they amount to nothing. They're in vain. It's Corinthians 13. Am I right? Am I right, Broadway? It says we're we, we like a gong if we have, don't have love. We might have all things right, but if we have left our first love, we are like a gong. What first love is he talking about? The love for Jesus and the love for one another. What did Jesus say when he was asked, which is the greatest of commandments? They asked him, Lord, which one is the greatest of commandments? And then he said something. He didn't mention one, he mentioned two. He said, love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. And the second one is love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love one another. What Jesus? What did Jesus pray for in John? That they would love one another and they would be known for loving one another. Broadway. Paul said, be careful that in biting each other, you don't devour each other. Broadway. We've been biting each other. Be careful we don't devour each other. Where is our first love? It's good to have great doctrine. It's good to be straight on certain things. It's good to be straight on what we believe on, what we walk on. Great. It's good to do all the things that we are doing. But let's not forget, let's not leave the first love. Love is what makes our doctrine alive. Love is what makes this alive in us. We might know the truth. The Pharisees knew the truth. They knew the, the, Quran, the sorry, the, the, the um the Torah, not the Quran. The Torah back to back. It's the same thing. I was going to go to as well. The imams know the Quran back to back. But if there is no love in it, it is useless. Jesus came against the Pharisees all the time because they knew the law. They practiced the law to the tenth. But there was nothing in here. When we start to practice stuff without love, it becomes useless. We are called to love one another. We are called to love the Lord with all our heart, strength, soul, You cannot say you love God's family if you don't love him. You cannot say you love God if you can't love his family. The Christian church in Ephesus was a working church, busy church. We are a working church, busy church. Sometimes focus on working or Jesus eclipses the relationship with Jesus. Let us not be the people who work for a king and have got nothing to do with the king that we work for. When people are at ministry there is always a danger of being in ministry and forgetting the master of the ministry. And I want to encourage us as Broadway. We are called to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Spencer says something that I really liked when I was reading through this and studying through this. He says that a church has no reason for being a church when she has no love within her, or when the love grows cold, lose love lose it all church when we lose love we lose it all we have no reason being in church when we don't have love he says you have lost your first love I I want us to think about this think about this I want each individual to ask yourself Each time that I've corrected people, each time that I've gone to somebody because I want to correct a certain thing, or I've avoided so-and-so because I don't... Is it out of love? Is it out of love, Broadway? Our co-workers at work, do they know us as people of love? truth and love. I'm not saying that. Love is not patting down and covering evil. That's not love. Love goes with truth. Truth and love together. Do our people know us as people of truth and love or just of truth? Another quotation from Spurgeon that I really liked that I would like to share with you. I read a lot of Spurgeon this week. When love dies, orthodox doctrine becomes a corpse a powerless formalism. Adhesion to the truth soars into bigotry when the sweetness and the light of love to Jesus departs. Let's not be empty. Let's not be empty. Empty vessels that make noise. We might know the truth, but knowing the truth goes with love. says you have left your first love Broadway we have left our first love what is our first love what are some of those things i'm going to go i'm going to i'm going to try and rush through this things are not as they used to be let's be honest with ourselves things are not as they used to be something is missing Something is is something was left somewhere, and then he says, "Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first work. So else, I'll come quickly and remove the lumpstead from its place, unless you repent." He says to us, "Remember, remember where we have fallen. Remember." Where we used to be. In our love for the Lord. In our love for one another. Remember. The prodigal son. He remembered. That at my father's house. Remember. We have, lost, we have lost or left our first love. We have not lost it. We have left our first love. We need to remember where we left it need to walk back a few steps. He says repent. The repent, there is not a command to feel sorry. It means to change direction. Yes, there is sorrow that goes with it. But that's not all. It doesn't end there. It means to change direction. To go a different way. It's an appeal for change urgently. Broadway, this is an appeal for us to change our direction urgently. Then he goes goes on and says, Do the first works. That means go back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics. It's great that we're advanced, don't forget the basics. The basics are the foundation. Remember how we used to spend time in God's word. Remember how that word would sting your heart when you read it. Not for so and so, not in preparation to tell so and so. Remember how that word convicted you of your own sin. Remember how that word was so sweet to you that you would want to sit there and read even more and more. We spend time in his word. Broadway, are we spending time in his word? This week I was doing some program with one of my youth students. We're doing a discipleship thing, and the guy who was speaking said something that caught my heart. He said, In most of the evangelical churches today, if you were going to ask. Christians to give you at least 10 scriptures that they know by heart, where they are and where they come from. Most Christians know four or less scriptures by heart. But they know the lyrics of all the other songs. Where is the center? We know the lyrics of all these other songs. And, and, and that hit me hard too as a kids church pastor and a youth pastor last year we had one student in the youth who did all their memory verses because parents it's okay we had a handful of kids that knew their memory verses because parents, it's okay, it's not important Yeah, they got A's in school but when it came to here, second place Where is the first love? Us as adults, do we feast on scripture? Do we keep God's word in our hearts so that we may not sin against him? Do we hold God's words as treasure in our hearts because we love him? When you have a letter from your lover, you read it over and over again. I remember when Jen was in Kenya. she would send me something and i was in south africa and she would send me something i would read it over and over again i wanted to know more i wanted to i I wanted to be church when we read god's word today does it feel the same i'm asking you individually remember we used to spend time in god's word second thing basics Remember how you used to pray. Broadway, remember how you used to pray. I am told that Broadway had times where people were waiting at 6 a.m. whether in winter to come in and pray in the morning before they got to work. Today, when you call a prayer meeting, the faithful five, six, seven show up. And on Sunday, usually, the church is full. Remember how you used to pray. Master us personally. Sims, remember how you used to fast and pray. Remember how you used to spend time with God in prayer because you love him. Where has that gone? Spend more time on Facebook. Spend more time on the news. Spend more time on articles. I spend more time on other things. The basics. Spending time in Word. As a kid, we learned this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Sounds stupid. Sounds like, oh, it's elementary. That's the basics for us. Spend time on this. Spend time on your knees. You'll be right. You'll be all right. Another thing. Remember the joy in getting together with other Christians. Remember the joy of being together and not avoiding one another because of conflicts of politics. Yes, I said it. Politics and theories. I know it makes some people uncomfortable, but that's true. We used to have the joy of being together because we are children of God. Now we we walk around and we are scared of Oh, I'm gonna step on so and so's toes if I say this about this. Oh I'm I i do not want to see so and so because we don't believe the same way politically. Broadway, wake up! Jesus is running back for a church and together. Wake up! It feels like we have, it feels like we have we have we, been we've been thrown in by slipping some sleeping gas over it as a church. Wake up! the enemy is using all these things to destroy what god is doing in our lives wake up we are not going to let him do that wake up broadway remember how we used to have joy of being together remember when you first got saved how you'd be excited on sunday morning to go to church now it's an option not talking about the pandemic i'm talking about normally it's an option now I've heard I've had people tell me, Oh no, I wasn't in church last week. I was just not feeling like it. I was not in a small group last week, I wasn't feeling like it. I was not in the gathering with believers because nah, I had, you know, yeah, I just wanted to be alone. Brothers and sisters, remember the joy, remember the excitement. I had excitement, I still do have excitement getting together for example on sunday afternoon i take a nap and i wake up from my nap and ready to go to youth i am so excited i'm not training myself i'm excited to get together on sunday morning when i come to kids church in the morning i'm excited church weighs our excitement for getting together another thing Remember how excited you were for telling others about Jesus. Not telling them about theories, not telling them about whatever, just telling them about Jesus, him crucified and resurrected, and what he has done for me. Nobody can argue with your story of what he has done for you or for me. How many people Have you told the story of Jesus too lately? Not talking about the story of politics. Talking about the story of Jesus. The king. The one that we are here for. The one who holds, who is in the center of it all. And he says, or else I'll come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. But anyway, before we go back to that, head the stories of Broadway. Had the stories that Broadway came. There was a time where there was a pornographic shop here, and Broadway went against it and, and protested it until it closed down and bought the building, and now it's our inn as much. Things done out of love for God. Things done out of love for God and his people. Where are those things? Bring back those days, O oh Lord. See, or else I'll come quickly and I'll remove an emstand from its place. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, we read, this is sobering for me. So I felt the Lord is saying to me and to us as Broadway. First Samuel chapter 4, we read the story of Eli's kids. They went to war with the ark, and both of them were killed. And when the messenger got back and told eli who was an old man that his sons were killed he was fine but then the messenger said the ark of the covenant has been taken eli fell down broke his neck and died and then when the message got to his daughter-in-law that the ark of the lord yes the husband is dead awesome sort of he doesn't she doesn't really react much but when he she hears that the ark of the covenant is gone The Bible says she gave birth to a son and called him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. Are we going to be the church that the glory has departed on? That know all everything else, we know all things, but the glory has departed. We have great knowledge, but the glory has departed. The halo of loving one another, of loving the Lord, is gone. Is that what we want for a church that is cold and dry? Very sound, but cold and dry. He speaks about the um, Nicolaitans, the followers of Nicholas, who was one of the ordained um, Deacons by the apostles who lived a life of indulgence unrestrained indulgence unrestrained indulgence what are we indulging in? unrestrained indulgence what are you indulging in? Nicolaitans thought that they were agnostics they had this secret knowledge that nobody else had can you see parallels here? What is our secret knowledge? The word Nicolaitans there means the word Nicholas means somebody who conquers the people who subdues the people What is it that is subduing us? What is it that is conquering us? Our secret knowledge is that we know or the love of Jesus and Jesus uses this word, of which I hate. This is amazing coming from a savior whose name is love. He says, I hate. I hate this. Lord help me not to be part of not to be part of anything that you hate. And then he goes on and says, He wears an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Look at the worship team, you can come forward, guys. I'm gonna finish up. He says He who has an ear, that qualifies anybody who can listen. Broadway, that qualifies us. We have an ear. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying. Not just to the church, to the churches. And then he goes on and says, To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life which is the midst of the paradise of God. To him who overcomes, Jesus makes a promise to him who overcomes. I know we always think of overcoming in other ways, but in this instance, I, I, I strongly feel that because of what Jesus is talking about, the overcoming here is being in a place where we have found our first love. And added all these good things that we're doing. But found our first love. Don't leave the good things that you're doing because you'll be making another mistake. Take them with. Go back. Find the first love. Bring it in with all the other things that you're doing. The promise is to eat from the tree of life. The promise is restoration. Restoration. And I want to encourage us today to spend some time in repentance. God is calling us to repentance as Broadway. Let's remember we're our first love. Is that? Let's go pick it up. Let's come back and carry on. Praise God we have not lost it. We have left it. We're going to go back. Let's spend some time in worship and then I'm going to After the first song, I'm going to speak a little bit more, and then we're going to sing another song, and then we're going to close. But I want, as we sing this, (laughs) I want us to go back. Let's turn turn around, make a U10. Let's go back. Coming back to what have I done with the heart of worship? Can I come back to that? Broadway, I'm begging you to come back to that. Let's come back to that. Let's repent. Let's come back to the heart of worship. Commanded us again that Jesus is to be the center. Do the first work. I pray that this, as we sing Jesus be the center, it will be a prayer for us. Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus be the center of your church here at Broadway. Not only here at Broadway, be the center of your church in this country. Be the center of your church in the world.